0: Suffolk is a most beautiful place. England's most easterly county. From the breaking waves on the Shingle of Alborough Beach to the rolling gallops of the Newmarket area, it is full of incredible views, fascinating people, and amazing businesses. There are only three things you can do with money. You can spend it, you can give it away, or you can save it. This podcast looks at how these activities are carried out within Suffolk and the people behind them. From exciting, bold entrepreneurs to large employers who are household names. From neighbourhood projects to charities dealing with massive issues. From money-saving tips to explaining the world of investments. This is a podcast about Suffolk. This is a podcast about money. Welcome to Suffolk Money. So the first part of our podcast today is an interview with Becky Ames, who's a partner at MHA Larkin-Gowan. Quite a wide ranging conversation that starts on the subject of the end of the tax year and works its way through to whether accountancy is a career that you should consider. Let's get this issue out of the way, because I've been fretting about this for years. 5th of April does seem a bit of a daft time to uh, finish the tax year. Why is it the 5th of April?
1: Well, I didn't know this, so I had to research it. I thought that's the sort of thing you
0: accountants learn. No, No, we
1: don't learn things that are quite that detailed, I'm afraid, in terms of why we just learn what to do with it so oh, okay. um, right. i found out and obviously resource your sources uh, are as uh, questionable as <laughs> anything you google um, the tax year ends the 5th of april because the old ecclesiastical calendar the new year used to start on the 25th of march um, and it was lady day of course it was great um, <laughs> and the year was then divided into these quarters and people had to do their accounts and account for their debts and things to that date Um, And then this makes me laugh. In the 16th century, we decided that calendar was inaccurate because we were losing days, which fascinates me. I'm not sure how we can do that. And most of Europe, topical, moved to the Gregorian calendar, but we decided in the UK to stay where we were. So we were always 11 days out of sync, apparently. Um, And eventually, people wanted their 11 days back because they were paying a full year's tax based on only 354 days of income. Uh So... I get that bit, that makes yeah. sense, really, I suppose. Um, so then the bit I don't really get is who has the power to do this, but they added 11 days on to the 25th of March. Um, and so the start of the following tax year became the 5th of April, and then we lost a day again somewhere. So we ended up with the 5th of April being the end of the tax year.
0: This just takes clear me to as, the whole- Clear as
1: mud. Absolutely, <laughs>
0: this takes me to the whole realm of accountants just add and subtract figures. <laughs> but in this case, it's just days.
1: It is. And it's very historical. And for a while, we were out of line with Europe, which, you know, history repeats itself, it seems. (laughs) Um, But I guess the question I would ask on the back of that is why it's never been moved to the 31st of March, because that would be a lot simpler for a lot of reasons. But I guess if someone had to change it, we'd lose five days of tax. (laughs) So um,
0: we are where we are. We now know what the date is. 5th of April yep. is when this tax year ends. 6th yes. uh, of April is when the next one begins. Yes. Uh, what does that mean to us as individuals?
1: It's really important because it's the cutoff for um, all of the reliefs and all the tax allowances that we benefit from as individuals. So it's the date to which we need to prepare our tax returns. Um, obviously, we've just gone past the filing deadline for last 5th of April. So we've had the joy of January as accountants. We don't enjoy that at all.
0: You don't um, see daylight, was, do you?
1: No, we don't. And, yeah. um, and actually, the revenue have extended by a month, haven't they, to so the 28th of February. But we did our best to get most of them in for January because the tax was due anyway. Anyway, I've, I've gone off as, <laughs> as I would expect to. Um, even if you don't need to file a tax return, it's a really important day um, for all types of personal financial planning. Um, so pension contributions, if you want to gift things, if you want to make transfer of assets. Um, our ISAs that we need to invest in, the, the deadline for the year is there as well. Um, if you want to sell investments and if you might get capital gains tax or losses arising, um, all, all of those things rely on the fact that 5th of April is the cutoff of one financial year and 6th of April, the beginning of the next.
0: So it's actually a huge, the important it issue, is. isn't it, for, pe- for people keeping records, keeping notes of what earnings they've had. Yes. Yeah. And as you say, yeah. all these tax beneficial arrangements pensions also
1: absolutely and you know literally something done on the fifth compared to the sixth will shift a tax payment date a long way forward um, so it's really important in planning just to see with which side of that deadline you fall um and actually you might want to advance some things because if you want to crystallize some gains to use against some losses for capital gains tax purposes or crystallize losses indeed to use gains so there's lots of things you need to think about some allowances can be carried forward as we know um, but a lot of them are use it or lose it um, so one that a lot of people will know about is the ISA allowance um, so as ever the best thing to do is just to make sure you plan in advance um, and I think things are taking a little bit longer at the moment as well because a lot of financial providers are running on reduced teams aren't they um, you know so if you if you need to change your pension or invest in things banks other other entities are are running working from home reduced teams so it might just take a little bit longer to action those things so my advice would be plan ahead
0: yeah get on with it if you yes. if you're gonna do something get on with it exactly yes. no that's very true um absolutely right uh, so that's the case for individuals what about businesses does it does it mean so much for businesses because businesses As companies in corporations have have their own company year ends, don't they? But but does the tax year end mean anything to businesses?
1: So just to confuse us, the corporation tax year end, (laughs) where the corporation tax rates are set, is the 31st of March. And a company can have any year end it chooses. We do tend to, so my clients are mainly only managed businesses and we're looking after their business and uh, personal tax matters. And we do tend to, if they have a company, um, have that trade into the 31st of March just because it's the closest we can reasonably get to the 5th of April for personal tax planning purposes. Um, So it is very important. Obviously, a lot of people trade via a sole trade or a partnership. 5th of April critical again, you will be taxed to that date on your profits of your trade. Um, And in your first year of trade, depending on when you set your year is how you will be taxed, because there may be opening and closing year rules there, which, again, we would always look at when setting up in business, um, advising a client on on what the impact could have of when they set their year end, because, yeah, you can get quite an overlap and it is literally called overlap profits. Um, The tax rates for companies apply based on, as I say, that 31st of March year. Um, And for sole traders and partnerships, it's the personal tax rates that would apply. Um, So I think in terms of business planning, the main thing is really sort of around capital expenditure and pre-year-end planning. Um, And then particularly for companies, pension contributions and bonuses um, need to be managed in terms of timing as well. And just make sure that they are paid out in the relevant amount of time so that they do obtain the corporation tax relief for which they're probably intended to um to benefit so if you if you declare a pension contribution or a bonus you have to pay it out within a certain amount of time to be able to actually claim it for corporation tax otherwise we have to shove it into the next year so again just a little bit of planning involved there
0: yeah so what would you say the key things that business owners need to be thinking about at this time of year
1: i think it's important to um obviously based on your business year end, look, project your profits forward, look at whether you want to do anything in terms of if there's a pension contribution or indeed capital expenditure and just which year you want to get that into to to really benefit from the reliefs available. Cash flow is is the most important thing. Don't let tax determine any of that, we always say, Um, but if there are decisions to be made, particularly if it's a big piece of capital equipment, um, so typically farmers etc or you know the kit they buy very expensive so it's just working out which year they need to be in but any significant expenditure certainly want to make sure we get it in the right period
0: goodness so does that impact your workload at this time of the year you've obviously just finished getting tax returns done or one or two residual ones still to get done but um, you're in that process now do you then have to give advisory work through to your businesses to your business owners about these sorts of issues
1: yeah, we, we would be touching base with them to just talk about any pre-year-end tax planning um, that we would advise. Um, there's, you know, there's not an endless list of things you can do, but certainly um, those that we um, can project their profits, we can we can see what the position is and, and have conversations with them about what might be available. Um, and the software that people now use for maintaining their accounts throughout the year makes that a lot easier than it's ever been because previously we would have had to you know try and pull some accounts together maybe to do
0: that kind of thing so, so how long have you been involved in the whole accountancy world I'm just following that <laughs> yeah, yeah don't hang on I'm not going to say anything but uh, uh, on the basis of you're just referred to something that must have changed massively which is uh, um accountancy software and yeah. how, has that made your life easier or has it Made your life significantly more frustrating.
1: um I think you know, IT is always a little bit can be a little bit frustrating. I have to say, it's held up brilliantly whilst we've been working from home, so I have no criticisms there. It's it's completely changed. I uh, I joined Larkin Gowan twenty four years ago as a um, law graduate, actually, and um, trained with the firm and never thought I would. Um, you know, I didn't plan to stay. At one firm were indeed in practice necessarily i thought chartered accountancy was a great qualification to get which it is um gives you huge opportunities worldwide recognized worldwide um so yeah i you know when you're a, a graduate i decided law wasn't for me i thought <laughs> oh i don't know that's going to be a tough profession there's a lot of hours gonna to have to be worked in that <laughs> and then decided to become an accountant <laughs>
0: And you just move um, days around and lose 11 days in a year apparently yeah, so yeah
1: apparently so yeah. we can do that um my dad was an accountant and i uh, i always swore blind i wouldn't <laughs> be an accountant having done two weeks work experience age 14 in an office and thought that's not for me um but clearly it had always kind of been there in the background and and the appeal of the study package and being able to gain a professional qualification whilst you work was um was great and I love it i do love it it's it's people at the end of the day um it's working with people so that's that's my favorite thing about it
0: you know okay at the moment you're in you're, you're just seeing four walls i guess uh yeah when when times are inverted commas normal how, what does <laughs> what does a week look like or a day look like to you
1: um <laughs> no two days are the same so i've been a partner for um, five years now um i'm based primarily in our Ipswich office Working with a team there of about 25, and really it varies. I might be there, I might be in our Norwich office um, normally as well. And I have some clients that um, I look after from there, and it could be it could be client matters, it could be firm management matters, it could you know staff related issues. It's out um, meeting people, a lot of networking, as you know, um, to grow our client base, to provide the opportunities for our teams to keep progressing. So. There is no typical day. I mean, we, we talk to our clients a lot. Um, we've been doing a lot of that remotely, obviously. Keeping in touch with people has been really important to us and to them. And um, So, yeah, there, there's a lot of talking. <laughs> At the moment, we do it through screens. Normally, we would much prefer to be doing it face-to-face. So the best thing is getting out to see people in their business and really understanding what they do and how we might be able to help them
0: because there's probably this image of an accountant who just sits there with a, a spreadsheet open on their pc no, or something
1: no no there is actually um, far less of of that you know typical accountancy as people imagine i mean we we love that that's what we train doing so we do love you know get things to balance and and everything being as it should be of course but um, I've got a great team, and um, you know they'll also be talking to the clients, but they do a lot of that. The software means that it's completely different day to day to how it ever was when I started. And we had one computer in the corner of the room, and you had to take your turns in using it, and everything was on big double analysis ledgers that you had to write up. So that makes me feel really old. Um, <laughs> so,
0: Everyone's yeah. just remembering a Christmas Carol, and they're thinking of
1: yeah. Know, I didn't, there was a member of staff in our office when I started, did have one of those sloping desks that you you remember seeing um, Scrooge sitting at in Christmas Carol*. so there you go. Um, Yeah, I mean, we could have worked from home previously, and and some people did, and occasionally I would, you know, if, if, if domestic life required you to be here for something or other, but generally we all worked in the office, I think now... This, you know, could well be an alternative for lots of people, or certainly give us flexibility in our lives. And the software lets us do that, the tech, it really does. Um, And obviously talking to each other through every means possible, it seems. (laughs) Skype, Teams, Zoom, FaceTime. Um, Yes. We're using them all um, and it works. It's not how we would like it to be. But I think, yeah, that the flexibility has certainly shown that it can help a lot of us um, in our in our working lives, so yeah, no two days are the same, and it's not boring.
0: <laughs> no, and and one other area that's of interest to me is the sort of breadth of services that are offered through Larkin and Gowan and obviously some other regional accountancy firms would have. But thinking of Larkin Gowan specifically, do you have areas of specialisation? Do you have people who focus on particular aspects of accountancy or or sectors? Yeah.
1: Yeah, we do. Absolutely. So as I've said, I I work with owner managed businesses and that can be across any sector um, from start up through to about five million turnover. And the only reason we say that is because we then have a corporate team who would take over um, for the more complex group structures where there may be external shareholders um, and right up to the audit threshold. So there's a significant part of the firm do that work. Um, We also have specialists in um, agriculture, which I've mentioned um, that we act for a lot of farmers. And being a Norfolk-based firm, that's our our historical roots, literally. So you can imagine that um, agriculture was a huge part of our firm from day one. Um, And then we also have um, a a medical specialism. So we act for a lot of medics, both GP practices, consultants, um, the full range there, um, not-for-profit, another big sector. So charities, academies, that kind of thing. And then we obviously have our trust specialists, so we've got corporate taxes, um, all the business taxes, VAT, PAYE, etc. Um, and then a, a great team that deal with personal tax and trusts. Um, so some, some great tax planning can be done there. Um, and we're looking really at the the entire lifespan of a business and also an individual in terms of um, you know what they want to achieve from right up to retirement and inheritance tax planning. So. There's huge scope to what we do.
0: Yeah, and I guess one of the things that people always recognise with tax is just how complicated it all is. I mean, you were just spelling out earlier with some of the specific issues that arise approaching the tax year, and especially for businesses, there's some things are counted in one year and some are in another, and there can be two different rates applicable to corporation tax if there's a change. It's just all really complicated, isn't there some issue about the UK tax code is one of the most complicated in the world?
1: Yeah, apparently so. And I mean, you know, it's it's a gift that keeps giving, really. <laughs> <laughs> but we we try to keep it, you know, um people need need to be able to manage it, and so we don't want to ever overcomplicate things. And um, in terms of tax planning, we like our clients to pay the right amount of tax. Um, so that obviously there's always things out there that you could do if you were so inclined, and that's certainly not where, where we want to be, but I think, um, yeah, I th- it, it's very tempting to try and do it yourself, um, but we spend a lot of time untangling things that people have, have done themselves or haven't sought the proper advice on, so of course I would say it, but I really do believe that we should you know, you know, you need to know where where your skills lie and where someone else needs to come in. I wouldn't try and, you know, fit a bathroom. So <laughs> you, you kind of know, don't you, where, um, where where you stop and someone else should really come in and help you. And I think if you can build a team around you, that's really important. And in that team, I would include um, your accountant, your financial advisor. You're welcome. They're always good. And <laughs> your bank and, and obviously your solicitor. Um, And the more those guys are talking to each other, particularly if you've got something big planned, um, you know, an investment or a project, um,
0: the better you'll be. So would you say that accountancy still has some validity for a career, for someone who's weighing it up, perhaps a school leaver, someone at university? Yeah. or, Or will the Internet take over and all this software that we're talking about will be able to do everything for you?
1: No, I think, you know, increasingly software can do an awful lot. It's just then the interpretation and the application. And it, it, whilst it's very intuitive, it can't, it can't think for you like a person and it can't empathise with you and it can't understand all your circumstances. And that's really why we're very focused on our people developing their personal skills, because it's that, that where we can really add value to understand people and their business and what they want to achieve, what their ambitions are for growth. I think for anyone considering whether they would, you know, if you any profession in business, um, accountancy would be a really great base for them. Um, it, it, it is something where you can train whilst you work, which is great. Uh, we, we are recruiting, we've got our assessment day next month actually, days. Um, so we recruit from A-level and also graduates. Um, it's a great study package. So it's all paid for, you get a paid study leave. Um, so you know, it is really something where you can use what you learn in your studies um, in the workplace and vice versa. Um, so I would I would say it is very relevant. It is just it's certainly not the traditional view that people have of accountants in that all we do is crunch numbers. The personal side of things is very important.
0: So what would be the uh, study length for someone who's perhaps joining with, say, three A levels or something, and they go through your uh, assessment and you you say yeah they're, they're marvellous what do they have to expect to study how long is it going to take them
1: usually from a level it's two years to do aat so that's accounting technician levels three and four and then they can apply to go on to further study i was looking at applications this morning from our, our current trainees and um, that's either aca which is chartered, or acca which is certified um, and that would be another two to three years depending on how the exams are staggered the advantage of coming from a level rather than a graduate is that you've sort of gained a year because you can do your AAT in two years and then start say chartered when a, um, a graduate would join to do start uh, chartered and they've obviously um, probably done a three-year degree or something so you're, you're a year ahead um, which is why it is a good alternative to university it doesn't mean that we don't value graduates at all in terms of the life experience that they have and certainly any relevant skills that they bring it, it is a different just a different um road to to this probably a very similar um result but it flies by it amazes me when I look at these applications I was reading this morning thinking they can't be at that stage already surely <laughs> <laughs> so I did, and it's it's busy you know working but the advantage is that others in the team are studying at the same time and they, you know, you, you benefit from their support and expertise. Um, and many of our trainees stay with us to go on to be our future managers and partners. And I'm, I'm just one of those.
0: So just looking ahead at uh, we've obviously as a as a nation um, had to borrow lots of money to help <laughs> people in times of need, uh, provide for furlough, provide for the nhs that we've really needed over this last year um we've got a budget coming up um yes <laughs> um, no doubt you'll be uh slightly nervous when rishi stands up to see what difference will that make to our our tax rates and allowances and so on yeah. do you have any do you have any real concerns do you have any areas that you, you're thinking well these would be the things that people ought to be mindful of
1: I think that the biggest area of concern at the moment, the speculation is about capital gains tax um, and um, whether what was called entrepreneurs' relief is still going to be available and the extent that it will. Um, it's now called business asset disposal relief, but I think we'll probably always call it entrepreneurs relief. Um, and so it's it's just if if those rates are changed and probably possibly aligned with income tax rates, which is the speculation, um, then clearly, you know, anything that's um, not been done either by the budget or by the 5th of April, whenever they, they enact those things, um, will need to, will be at the new rate. So that we have seen some acceleration of people making decisions about winding up their businesses if they wanted to um, liquidate anyway, um, if they were seeking to exit. So members' voluntary liquidations for companies, for example, to benefit from entrepreneurs' relief. Um, but I think generally, there's a limit to what you can do, as it is the 3rd of March, and often many things are enacted on Budget Day, aren't they? Um, so it, it's a case of being mindful that things could change, but realistically, if you've got your assets in, in joint names, for example, then any um, changes are going to be less, affect you less. Um, so it's, it's really, yeah, we have, we have to be quick pretty quick footage when it does come to the announcement yeah
0: Yeah. You,
1: you get a lot of um suddenly a lot of inquiries about what does this mean um so yeah we have a lot of experts who are digesting that as it comes in
0: yeah so you normally then spill that news out to people who are signed up to your newsletters and so on and try and keep people informed
1: yeah absolutely what does it mean for them it's it's making it practical and relevant um, so that people can interpret and we only ever see the headlines don't we in terms of um, on the news websites and things like that it's actually digging into the detail and understanding. Um, and often the stuff that's most relevant to my clients is hidden away because it's not the, the, the big stuff that's announced um, and grabs everyone's attention so it's really digging through and finding all the little nuances. Um, National insurance would be a prime example they often tweak that and it kind of just goes under the radar. Yeah. Um, Uh, so yeah there's lots of things that may well affect people and we will be trawling through putting it in a format that people can easily digest and then understanding how it's relevant to them
0: yeah well we'll put a link through to your um details if that's is that the best way of people getting hold of you
1: yeah absolutely yeah it's the website has a lot of really great information and that's where it will be and we'll be hosting events where we can and people can also access those Um, they're they're open to anyone in terms of distilling that information and really talking it through, um, making it practical um, is the most important thing, isn't it?
0: Yeah. As you say, it's going to be a very short window between getting the budget and then probably when everything will be kicking in, I guess.
1: Yeah, I imagine so. Um, So who knows? I hate speculation.
0: But yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you can't make decisions on yeah on that completely no. can you but um, no. it might just steer people's direction but oh, that's been that's been great Becky thank you very much um, how do you see the future developing with uh, the world of accountancy in the, the last thing do you do you think you're going to be doing more things online more things remotely or uh, do you still long to get out and meet people
1: oh we still long to get out there and meet people <laughs> I think you know I've spoken to quite a few Um, clients that are inquiring about working with us and and we've taken on board throughout this and and it works it's fine virtually but um we have given them every assurance that as soon as we can we will be meeting them face to face and that would be our preference i think this has shown that for those quick catch-ups it's okay isn't it it works it saves on a lot of travel time for example but as i said face to face is absolutely best and that's when you build relationships and that's really what it's all about so yeah we we look forward to that day
0: yeah absolutely well thank you for explaining tax your end
1: you're very welcome
0: <laughs> yeah at least we're all fully informed on that and for the really useful advice about the uh things that we as individuals or business owners need to be thinking through so uh yeah we'll come back and talk to you another time about uh you know how your recruits are getting on and what progress they're making yeah
1: brilliant thanks colin really appreciate it
0: Now that you've heard everything there is to know about the end of the tax year and some of the issues that you might want to consider, then no doubt one of the aspects that you will be thinking through is relating to pensions. Uh, As you know, I'm a chartered financial planner and uh, I'm part of the Kingsfleet wealth team. So I sat down with my colleagues Stuart and Gary to have a conversation about pensions. So, Gary, uh, as the sort of pension guy here who gets very excited by pensions, well, as we get to the end of the tax year, what difference does that make for an individual,
2: for someone who's listening? I suppose getting the, the contribution in. If you've, you've got, you're intending to make a contribution in the tax year, then the earlier you can do it, the better um you know obviously for self-employed people you you will need to make a good estimate as to what your your earnings are going to be but for employed individuals you should be able to do that and just bear in mind that each provider has their own limits and time constraints that you need to factor in so if you need to give them a call to find out what they are make sure that you know them in advance but trying to get that contribution in as early as possible to make sure that that's uh, processed in the tax year what's
0: your experience of that Stuart in the past when you've been advising people is there a bit of a rush for people to just work out what they need to be able to put into a pension and how that goes on
3: yeah I think there's a huge rush Uh, I think uh, generally we're all guilty of leaving things to the last minute in certain aspects of our life and and pensions is no different Um, I think the earlier you can you can action these things the better Um, it, it just makes it a smoother process um, and, um, and and actually less likely to be disappointed that you haven't managed to, to
0: hit the, the, the deadline. So, Gary, this is where it starts to get a bit complicated because I'm going to ask you a nice, simple question, like how much can someone put into a pension in a year? And I'd love to have a nice, easy answer coming back. What's the answer?
2: Uh, it's never that straightforward. <laughs> Keep it as simple as possible. So, uh, essentially, it's, a, it's 100% of whatever you earn in the t- in the tax year that you can put into a, a pension with a- an annual allowance limit uh, of 40,000 for the year but y- individuals will potentially have different annual allowance limits uh, the 40,000 is just the standard you may be affected by tapering. Um, So tapering is where you earn significant amounts of money to over 200,000, 240,000 and and more. Um, And similarly, if you have no earnings, actually you can still contribute 3,600 in a year. So there's still um, some some benefits that can be taken if you're an individual that has got some money, haven't got any um, earnings that you still wanna make pension contributions.
0: It's not straightforward. Is it? <laughs> um, so I'm old enough to remember. I think it was April 2006. There was this great idea called pension simplification. Um, that sounded like a good idea at the time, Stuart. It,
3: it did. Um, I'm not sure there was there was much uh, much of, uh, simplification about the whole process. Um, I think it, the, 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 there was good intention at the time, um, but uh, it's why it's such an important aspect of keeping on top of what you've got and, and, and how and speaking to I think um, people that know what they're talking about um, that's the important aspect one thing I just wanted to call out actually in addition to what Gary said of course there's there's a the 3,600 allowance that you've got for, for children um, uh, and for grandchildren and, and it can be a great way of, of, of saving for them also albeit longer term
0: yeah, that is true. And that's something that really has only come about, dare I say, in the last 20 years. So sounds, it sounds, so it's not that very long, but then for me, it probably isn't. But prior to that, no one ever would put anything aside for children. So yeah, that's a really good point, actually. Um, so yeah, the complication often is between employed and self-employed then, Gary, isn't it? In, in the sense that an individual who's on PAYE who's employed knows what their earnings are gonna be in a year, but self-employed people, it's not so straightforward.
2: No, no. And it really is the self-employed that that have to, have to do a best estimate towards the end of sort of March when they're, they're trying to get this in. And, you know, out of anyone that's going to leave it to the last minute, they've really got a valid reason to, to do so. Uh, employed individuals are so much more straightforward because you tend to know what you're going to earn uh, and you know that in advance. So you can either plan that throughout the 12 months and make regular contributions or you can leave it to closer to the end, but forecasting it through to the end of the tax year and, and make a, a lump sum. So yeah, really difficult for self-employed. It's very difficult to get it right on the nose. Um, if you're looking to fully maximize your your allowance for the year, it, you know, it's very difficult to do that as a self employed. You can get close to it, but whether you can get exact, it's it's very difficult.
0: And I guess one of the things that we'd always be encouraging people to do, and it's probably just because it's what we do, is to get independent financial advice on it. But in terms of the figures for the level of contributions that you can make, an accountant is also an individual who uh, an accountant who would do tax advice would also be able to guide on that as well, wouldn't they? So that's really the two ways you're going to know exactly what you can contribute to your
2: pension fund. Absolutely, yeah. You Always use the tools that you've got available, especially if you've got a complicated scenario, so earning over, you know, 240,000 where you might be getting some tapering, if you've got allowances from previous years that you want to, to utilise as well. Um, also, I suppose the other thing we haven't quite touched on here is if you've, you know, previously taken benefits from your, your pension scheme and you've triggered the what's known as the money purchase annual allowance and you've got a smaller annual allowance anyway, so always good to get some advice, whether that's from a financial advisor or, or an accountant.
0: So, yeah, that's really a situation where you've built up your own personal pension pot and you've taken some of the fund value out and you're actually drawing that as an income or you took it as a lump sum Then potentially that's going to restrict what you can pay into the plan in the future. What are the benefits, Stuart, for just talking pensions? You know, we're obviously talking about the end of the tax year, but people often find pensions very frustrating. We've already understood that they're complicated, but you know what, what are the benefits?
3: Well, I think often it, 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 people forget that it's just a savings plan. It just has a wrapper around it. And that wrapper uh, enables you to have a particular benefit, which is tax relief. So what that means if you're employed, um, that anything you put in, um, the tax man will put in, depending on your, your, um, the level of tax uh, that you pay. And also, if you're self-employed or running a a company, then it's allowable business expense. So it's allowable against corporation tax. So a huge benefit. And and let's let's not forget the tax man isn't ever particularly generous.
0: (laughs) Well, that's true. So let's just be clear about what that means in terms of tax relief. Um, So the the way I often think about it is to to buy £100 worth of a pension investment, it costs a basic rate taxpayer £80. That's the way I tend to think of it. So that's not bad going. You put £80 into your pension fund in one month and it's immediately the statement shows 100 um, So that's not bad going. If an individual is a higher rate taxpayer, that same thing happens, that £80 becomes 100 But at the end of the tax year, you can claim another 20% tax back to take it up to a 60% um contribution for additional benefit of claiming the tax leave back at the end so yeah it's there are all sorts of benefits and even more if you're a further rate taxpayer additional rate at the end so yeah there's all sorts of benefits there that I think we can easily forget the other one is we, we all understand ISAs and that they grow free of tax and the income's free of tax during its growth period a pension grows free of tax, just like an ISA. And I think, that, again, those are things that sometimes we forget. So, uh, yeah, well worth just reminding everybody on that. So what would be your plan of action then, gentlemen? What would be the things that you would want to leave our listeners with?
3: The important thing, uh, Colin, is is plan early. Don't leave things till the last minute. You know, start thinking as early as you can. Um, that that's, that's my probably top tip. So you aren't pushing yourself and, and trying to understand exactly what you know work out what your earnings are what you can pay in try and do it early in the tax year
2: yeah and i suppose just to build on that and to to further it really is if you've got a provider already get in contact with them see what deadlines they have and work towards them because at the end of the day whilst there's rules in place there's there's a, a team behind the your provider that has to process those so um if you know that there's earlier deadlines than than what you think then the earlier you can do that and get that across to them make sure that contribution gets in before the the deadline passes yeah the other thing i'd add to that is pension contributions don't just need to be lump
0: sums they can be all the way through the year you can make regular contributions as well so again a bit like saving for christmas you don't have to go and do all your spending um in december you can spread it throughout the year and the good thing about pensions and even ICES too is you don't need to wait until march or or the the first few days of april to make some decisions and some take some action it's something you can do any time and it'll all help for later on
2: yeah well the one thing we haven't touched on is actually just the fact that you know people can access benefits as well so you know you have not had any earned income or any income in the year and you've got your £12,500 personal allowance, then you can obviously utilise that. You know, Something that may be taxable or is accessible to tax is pension income. If you've got a, a, a personal allowance to, to utilise, then you know, similarly getting it out in that tax year is maybe just as important to you as getting money in, depending on which side of the retirement curve you are. Good point. Excellent stuff. Well,
0: that's been very helpful, actually, just to talk that through. And, and yeah, thanks for the reminder at the end, Gary, that um, in addition to accumulating funds, there does come a time when you need to draw it out. And that's after all why you've done it. So yeah, it's really useful. Well, I'm sure I would just um, support this view that independent financial is what well, you need or talking to your accountant. And I think that will really help you as you approach uh, the end of the tax year. As always, do give us some feedback. Go on to our Facebook page, which is Suffolk Money, and uh, find us there. Leave us some comments. Give us some feedback. And uh, do the same on your podcast. Uh, facility of choice whichever one you're using if you can give us some feedback through there as well we'd love to receive that please do uh, recommend us to your friends so that they can get some benefit from the stories that we're bringing and also if you've got any news items that you can keep us informed about then we'd love to hear those as well so we hope that we'll see you next time on Suffolk Money.